When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hola. Bonjour. Ni hao. Moi. Privet. Vitoy. Ooh, new one from Belarus. Thank you, Alicia. Welcome to the normal, not normal podcast with me, Oliver Phelps. And me, James Phelps. And guys, this episode is the last in the season. But do not worry, we will be back later on this year with more amazing guests. Yes, as James said, we will be back later this year. But let's not, let's get too ahead of ourselves right now. Let's, let's continue in the now. Today, we are joined by two guys that we know pretty well. Our guests today on this episode are Mina Lima, uh, also known as Mirafora Mina and Eduardo Lima, who together, Mina Lima, they created the entire graphic style of all the Harry Potter films. So this covers the style of the Daily Prophet, the Marauder's Map, all the products in Weasley, Wizard Weezers. But since all the Harry Potters, since then, they've been designing Diagon Alley at Universal Orlando Resort and the graphic props for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, as well as all the films outside of the Potter world, including Sweeney Todd, The Golden Compass, The Imitation Game. They've also illustrated a beautiful collection of classic novels for HarperCollins. Exactly. And we know that there's so many creative people who listen to the show, who send us ideas for artwork, who talk to us about drawing and stuff like that. So we're sure you're going to have an absolutely amazing time listening to what the guys have got to say. Definitely. I should have shown my my painting I've been doing during lockdown, although it would be a bit... Go on then, go and get it. There you go. It's a Bob Ross original. A who? There's this guy who um, used to paint back in the day, well, I'm talking like 10, 20 years ago, called Bob Ross. And it was a very easy, like, I thoroughly recommend it to anybody. It's such a nice chilled way to spend an afternoon. Follow along on YouTube or when he's on uh, different programs as well. But it's very, and there's no mistakes, just happy accidents when you're painting. So it's a uh, very therapeutic. James, what have you been up to this this past week? Have you been painting, did you say? Uh, No, that's something I was doing during the uh, January, February lockdown. So I've got a couple of them scattered around. Uh, But I've just signed up to to a 30-mile paddleboard. So about 50k. What, in one go? uh, Over two days. So it's for the Movember charity. You know James Haskell? He was on our show a while ago. He knew that I like paddleboarding, so he literally rang me and was like, I'm doing this challenge with a couple of others. Do you want to come? So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I only (laughs) realized how... That is a long way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The thing is, it's in a canal. So it's a canal pretty much from between Basingstoke and Woking in the UK, in in England. Fortunately, that means there's no no current or anything like that. So... We hopefully I'll be back for season the next season via, via a tetanus shot probably at the end of it if you're going in the canal system very much. But so what day what day are you uh, are you doing it on the day this goes out? So the audio of this is on the Friday so and the visual on the Monday Monday the seventeenth so I'll be starting on the seventeenth and the eighteenth. Uh, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a, a lot of good time. And again, it's raising money for the Movember charity and um, also to support mental health, especially among men, because. Let's yeah. face it, we don't talk that often about it. So, and I, I know there's guys who are doing it who have gone through um, testicular cancer and things like that. So, they're, that's a big thing that Movember helps support. Uh, other guys are going through who have had mental health issues and things like that. So, helping with that. And I just really want to help in any which way I can and put my body through a lot of pain to do so. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a lot of good fun. Exactly. And James, I think you should, uh, I think it's a perfect example for you to wear a bit of normal, not normal merch while doing it. I think I definitely will be at some point. That's for maybe sure. Maybe even a, maybe a did you know shirt. A did you know shirt. Did you know 
this was a good idea a couple of weeks ago, I think will be the... Yeah, just do that. The, the tag for it. But I'm excited for it, so I'm sure I'll be putting that up on my, my Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But Oliver, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been... Right, so I've had this cabin built in the back garden. The owls, by the way, you know the plastic owls I got? Mm-hmm. For some reason, one of them is doing the business. He's keeping all the birds away from that part of the garden. The other one, right slacker, they don't pay any attention to him. I swear I saw a pigeon sitting on it the other day. I told um, you it wasn't any good. No, no, but, no, but it's silly, because the one, the one does very well. The other one just doesn't, doesn't want to know. Why, I was thinking, why, why don't you get a, like a statue of a cat? Because birds don't like cats, do they? Surely <sighs> that would be cat, more effective. Right, there's a cat what keeps coming in the garden. It's really oh, you annoying. said the one that... The one that yeah, brings yeah, you joy. on the floor. Yeah, yeah, not very good. Anyway, anyway, forget about that. So I've had this cabin put at the far end of the garden, and uh, so it's doubling up as a as a gym. So I've put some mm-hmm. weights in it and stuff like that. And you know when you buy stuff online and it's not quite what it says on the tin. Well, it said it said it's a multi workout bench, right? So you can do like bench press, you can do flies, okay. you can do leg extensions, you can do preach curls on it. No, you can't right so it's got these things with they're kind of like arms sort of stick out on the side of this bench so you're supposed to apparently use those to do fly curls if you want to fine in theory maybe if you're about five foot tall if you're six foot three like myself and know where you're doing it also as well if you're actually bench pressing the design of this thing stops the bench from coming anywhere near your chest so you can't get a full rep out of it terrible idea then the worst design i think i've ever seen of anything in my life is the leg extension right where you've got to put the so you've, you've put your leg at the end of the the bench obviously and you've got these this extension that goes onto it and to weight it up you put the weight plates on the on the front of it fine in theory until you actually extend your leg then you have said plate smacking into your leg you've got like you know 60 70 kilos bouncing onto your shin not the best design in the world. So I think that will be going back very, very soon. I nearly went on a rant there, but I don't quite have my official normal, not normal rant back to hand. So I refrained it. Well done. Well, we can uh, all pray that that gets resolved soon, Oliver, because I'm sure everyone will be very worried. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's other people going on with problems just as, as difficult as mine right now. Maybe, but I tell you what, put that on hold because now I want to get dived into our conversation with Mina Lima. Everybody, please welcome our guests, Mira, Mina and Eduardo Lima. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very excited to have you you on. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you again. It's always good fun. Looking forward to this. Well, we love hanging out with you guys. And yeah, and, and, and as Mira was saying before, we recorded that it's nice to not be running around giving talks and in events. And so we can have a nice <laughs> chat and... <laughs> Yeah, so thank you very much for the invite. You, you won't see Oliver raid in the green room either. Yes. <laughs> Look, people leave stuff there. It might as well be taken. I'm one of those people, you know, it's, it's like, like in, the, in hotel rooms if there's like the little mini stuff. <laughs> anyway, this, this conversation starts off pretty wild. But um, guys, I just want to say as well, I feel really, um, I'm just looking at your background and all your amazing artwork there and I'm feeling like I really should have done more of an effort than just having a white screen behind me. So it looks, it looks really cool. You're showing off your work in the background as well. well we can Photoshop that for you later. Yeah. Oh, that'll be even better yet. That'll be even we, better yet. We have been um, slightly responsible for for creating your bits of graphics and stuff. So why not, you know, continue now? We could... Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, uh, if we could start then, could, would you be able to describe what your your role is in the film industry? And like you say that with with Laura and myself in the Potters, um, can you describe what what your roles are? Oh yeah, it's um it's funny because we've just um just this year Eduardo and I sort of have are celebrating twenty years of working together and it just has gone by so quickly and you just always feel like each job is new and fresh and I've just come into it but actually when you stop and analyse what this job is it's kind of a weird one because um, twenty years ago not many people were doing graphic design for film because it wasn't really an official role listed uh, in the credits of a film. Yeah. Um, but one that became evidently needed uh, through the art department. So what art that graphic design for film is really is creating any prop uh, or decorative element for the film sets um, that has typography, pattern, illustration, uh, signage, uh, all the graphic elements that come together to either create the particular story that's happening at that moment or to shape the history of that moment. So if you're walking down a street, then you need the audience to understand where you are, why you're there, how you're, what's been going on before that moment. So quite often we're sort of, we feel like we're mini 
um, visual historians trying to sort of <laughs> put the, the top layer, if you like, on top of the brilliant sets that have already been built and designed by the, the rest of the art department and construction. But as a good example, what we, we've done for the films was the Marauders map that you guys you know, kindly <laughs> gave to Harry. And uh, yes, <laughs> selflessly, selflessly. Yes, and the Daily Prophets, all the the the, the chocolate frogs, and all the, the the school books, and and of course our favorite set that we worked was the the the, the Weasley's shop, uh, and that uh, that was no Yeah, better. that's that's actually really that's a good example. Not just because of the present company, but um, <laughs> but also because that's a case in point where a graphic designer, regardless who it is has to think about who and why and the moment that they're trying to describe. That, that actually we had longer than any other scene on, on screen, maybe a minute and a half of screen yeah. time to tell that story. Um, but we actually got that quite wrong the first time because we designed, because we loved designing packaging. When Stuart Craig said, here's the set, fill it with product, um, we were kind of like, wow, that's you know, lots of um, beautiful opportunity to create beautiful packaging, but it was too nice and I'm really sorry, but we <laughs> realized that two teenage boys who just wanted to sell as much crap as possible um, in the craftiest way possible would not be spending a lot of time f sort of figuring out the typography and layout um, or make everything every beautiful packaging gorgeous with ribbons and stuff. so, so yeah, we kind we of got... went back to the drawing board and thought we need to make this more I think Stuart even used the word vulgar <laughs> so, um, so again it's about sort of harnessing the you know your characters and how best to imagine how you would have created that product yeah. to sell it to as much as possible to all your mates and rip them off and all those little things that are the psychology if you like behind um a moment and 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 sometimes when we are creating props for the films we have to think as as mira just said that we have to think about how the character would think so so some days we were snape other days we were dumbledore other days we were mcgonagall and weasley so so you have to really think about what the character uh, would do and how they would think and how is their handwriting, what is their objects, how they they hold the pen and things like that. So, so it's incredible. So it's quite a lot of things that have to think before we start doing a we, design. I mean, it doesn't mean that we'd make great actors though. No, yeah. <laughs> we just get into character for graphics. We draw the line there. No, exactly. Yeah, but it would be quite nice if we were like doing Snape's props dressing as his name or the Weasley. Actually, yeah. back at you guys, do you think that that's how you would have designed like those products when you went into that shop for the first time? I don't think we've ever asked you that. Like, did you feel like, oh yeah, this is like, or were you like, God, I wish there was a so-and-so or? There was actually, now you mention it, I, I, I always remember on the, um, on the fifth film when we first saw the Skyvin snack box for the first time and a bit like you saying like how it looked like it had been rushed out as it were. Like literally like they got a massive paintbrush and just slapped green and purple paint on it. And then as you say, when we went to the the joke shop, I remember I remember being in there and thinking there was some amazing artwork on there. Like where they'd done I remember there being a pimp my broomstick <laughs> play on the old Pimp My Ride uh, program. That was on like the upper level. And then so some of the stuff which was obviously ded dedicated to more like the the pimple cream and stuff like that looked a bit more feminine. And then so I I think that that's definitely how Fred and George operate they definitely try and cater to one market and then really stereotype at that market right so it's a pimple cream so it has to be more feminine yeah. as it were um at the moment and then it goes to say um anything from like the skyving snack boxes or like the puking pestles with that and i think that that type of coloring especially that all goes together with it so i think it's yeah i remember standing in and that was that was definitely my favorite set to be on because not only because it was just for our characters as well but the amount of colour in it, and we could have spent hours looking around at every little nook and cranny where there was. I mean, the one thing I've actually got in my house is I took one of the bags. Uh, on, I literally went right. I've got a jacket. I can put it underneath <laughs> and go because they weren't giving anything away. But even that, like, even if you look at the bag, it's it looks handmade. It looks um, like they haven't obviously, got, obviously gone to some massive printers to get it all made. They've literally gone, as you say, how can we rip everyone off as quick as possible? I think that I think the Weasley twins are sort of like the classic definition of disruptors. You know, yeah. not like, you know, even in in business, um, and mm. people talk about that now. And actually, it brings back to the whole sort of norm, not normal thing as well, because it's sort of like 
you know, what, what are your expectations and how can we just turn that all on its head and still make a success of it? Because it's what it's our voice. And I think if it's yes. if it's if it's the character's voice, that's true. And in the same way, you can apply that to designing too. you know, if, if your voice is true, then you will make a success of of the, the, the creation that you've chosen. It doesn't have to follow any any expectations really but Oliver what you just said about the colors as well and that was quite important because Diagonal has just been destroyed you know, by the Dementors and there was a horrible moment and suddenly this beautiful crazy orange purple building appear uh, and it goes absolutely against the norm of Diagonal as well no? mm. and, and but that is yeah. a very special moment that brings more hope and more fun things for the wizarding world after what just happened as well I remember it was probably the only set where every student who was inside in between takes didn't want to leave the set. They wanted to still look around because the detail that you guys had put into all the um, props was so strong. Uh, it's such a shame that we never really record the meetings that we were having at the art department to talk about oh, the products yeah. and how we were going to dress the shop. It was hilarious, like with Stephanie, Stephanie McMillan on the set, the creator and Stuart and But and quite the team. serious faces, I think. But yeah, we were all very serious. And <laughs> because don't forget, I think only a handful of things were actually um, listed as products in, in the, the books book. because you wouldn't waste all that time in on a page to list every single product. That's kind of up to filmmakers to, to come up with, but they did have to be invented. So, um, but much like creating a real store, you kind of, you always need to put a logic behind everything. So we would be like, well, what are the different departments? We had the, the explosive department, we had the muggle magic, uh, the, yes, the more female decorative makeup department. Yeah. So there were, there were different departments and then that helped us kind of figure out a, um, a logic to, so behind all of that madness is always a logic behind every bit of and, and i think i did even for fun i did like a spreadsheet like with with because we had to have prices for each product and we knew how many products we have for each product so so i did i think i did for fun like how many boxes of rubber chicken or camber chameleon or or, or the, well, the like a stock list a stock list but after I did like yeah. let's see how much money we're gonna make here and then, then, then you, you, were rich. you guys were yeah. rich because harry was investing you now he invested the money in the shop so let's see if harry's gonna make some money here and yes i'm sure everyone was happy all the shareholders <laughs> <laughs> since it's from a book have other like interpretations been different from your own well the funny thing is when we were sort of referring to the original book to seek extra information and quite often it wasn't there because jk rowling's so good at keeping the descriptions to a minimum to allow your imagination to kind of run wild and so things like the marauders map and uh, the daily prophet and some of the key books that would were, were mentioned were sort of lacking if you like in description in the book but it it was brilliant because it gave us complete kind of license to re-imagine how that might be and it wasn't necessarily right or wrong it was just our interpretation yeah. and and of course now 20 years later i think if you say to someone marauder's map they tend to bring up in their mind the one that they've seen in the film and and often we've met fans at the conventions and stuff who kind of say that's just how i imagined it in the book and they're like well <laughs> that's impossible but thank you um it must be incredible when you see people have like tattoos of your work as well yeah that's, yes have you got one i hope you've got uh, yeah <laughs> i've got a, i've got a sleeve just there now um so it must be it must be a, a really ins inspiring thing to be able to see that your your output your creative output has had such an influence on people it never ceases to kind of amaze and humble that that um obviously the best feeling is when you've inspired someone to actually be creative in their own way themselves so if it's if someone says, oh, I, I chose to go into graphic, graphic design yeah. or I, or to, to film because of the, the combination of things that I saw in those films that you did, then that that's just, you know, even if it's just one person that tells you that, that, that feels truly great. I think but the that... tattoos are a bit scary, to be honest. I mean, I think it's amazing <laughs> that I just, you know, you're designing something for one purpose and then it kind of veers off. Into I think the first, different... the first time we saw someone with like a lot of tattoo was in Orlando at the celebration. I think one of the first two celebrations. Mm -hmm. And this boy, he had like the two legs covered in Marauder's map completely like from all the legs and I said oh my god it looks it looked amazing but like it was Are a bit sure like he wasn't wearing leggings? no no it was proper <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I remember you guys telling us a, a story and hopefully you can tell us one again but of creative differences shall we say 
But as I know there's a story once where it was a beautiful lady for an advert. It was always a little bit of a struggle for everyone. A struggle to do muggle stuff. No one wants to do any muggle stuff. No do one they, wants do they to. Know what muggles are? I'm sure they, they must. They should know about that. <laughs> no wizard. People. We've heard. We've heard of yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so, so every time there was anything to do with muggle, everyone was. I think even you guys, all the actors, and everyone was. Oh God, muggles are <laughs> boring. And uh, and the same was with that big billboard because uh, it was such like a funny you know, scene where Dumbledore is waiting Harry, you know, in the in the cafe. So we had to invent this. I think it was in the script, you know, the the the, the name, the perfume perfume ad. But we had to invent the name of the perfume. And of course, for films, we have to clear every single thing. You no, know, you have to find out if there's a name that is available for perfume. So that was already the beginning of the problem. We couldn't find. An available name for perfume, so we have to clear over 150 names, and they all came back. Now they're somewhere in the world that's already had that name for perfume. So the name at the end was Divine Magic, was a little bit weird, but but also but after was the the to choose the model to be on that billboard. It took like six months of like discussions and meetings, and because everyone's got a different idea. Of yeah. What... And, and <laughs> but I think at the end was because it was a muggle thing. I think everyone was, oh God, this muggle is so annoying. And, and actually, in a funny way, that's a good that's a good uh, reminder of how, because we're all dealing with muggle stuff all the time. Wherever you go, you know, you're sort of. Um, uh, I'm using that as an adjective, as though it's a completely normal thing. <laughs> um, muggle. Everyone has an opinion, but with anything magical in terms of design. Quite often, people deferred to us to just like, well, you, that's your world. You, you, you we, we'll entrust yeah. you to get on with that, which was was great. But also, um, um, yeah, it's this huge freedom to kind of come up with a language, if you like, to bring J.K. Rowling's words yeah. to, into to life. Yeah. Because the difference with, of course, Fantastic Beasts, we are a lot in the Muggle world. No, we don't see too too many uh, wizarding locations, but the Muggle world is nineteen twenty six. In Paris, 1927, in New York, so so is 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 much nicer to represent that world, because the research and 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 trying to homage all those beautiful artists that were doing all these amazing posters, just, Art Nouveau, much Art Deco, better. much better. Yeah, nowadays <laughs> the muggle, the the, the the graphics outside in the muggle shops is is a bit yeah not as interesting as before. Say now, like you guys started 20 years ago working on on the potters can you can you explain how you guys how you guys met so mira did the first film and i i'm from brazil so i was moving to london in 2000 2001 and through a, a, a mutual friend i got mira's contact so i wrote her a letter uh asking to to meet her and um, and uh, and she very kindly like replied straight away and said that she was she just finished Harry Potter 1 and she was going to start Harry Potter 2 and if I would like to come to Livesden when she started uh, to meet and so I went there in September I think and um, and I managed to to squeeze a one week work experience that becomes two that becomes three two months three months and I never left so on Harry Potter 3 I became a part of the team from the beginning and and uh, and that was 20 years ago mm-hmm. so I mean it says like all the all your Harry Potter works what would you would you be able to pick, say, one particular thing out of all the hundreds and hundreds of things that you designed? Is there one thing that always stands out in your head and thinking that was that that, that, that was my favourite piece? Or is there on the flip side of it, is there anything else what you you'd go back to and just tweak slightly if you if you were given the chance to again? Oh my God, oh, Oliver! <laughs> I got I got in trouble once in, again in Orlando at the celebration. I think someone asked me that question and and. Uh, and I said, oh, I would love to go back and change the pumpkin juice label because I think that was the first thing that I did <laughs> on, on, on Harry Potter. And everyone was so quiet. No one did, did, did not me. It was like mute, like for three minutes. And, and after it became like, why you said that? Why you don't like the pumpkin yeah. juice? You are not allowed to. Juice. She said, you are not allowed to say that. And they said, I'm sorry. So we've stopped saying we. Yeah. Especially in Orlando where they're selling it as well. Exactly. And, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 as you know, no, creative people, we are never really 100% happy with any design we do. If mm. we could go back and tweak and fit, no, and change a little bit here and there, we would. But I, I, but I did that as well with the pumpkin juice for Fantastic Beasts. We create a new pumpkin juice label that I. So you got your way in the Yes. End. <laughs> you got your way. Yeah. Well, I suppose that, that works in, though, doesn't it? Because you can use that as a 
the original brand, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then now it's the it's being reinvented for the modern time. Yeah. But my favorite thing, I, I always say that is the Daily Prophet because it is it was an amazing uh, prop to kind of punctuate the story, and uh, and uh, and you always go back to the Daily Prophet to kind of highlight a special moment or something that was really bad happening in the Wizarding World. But but the main thing that I like about the Daily Prophet that was not about the the main headline. The main headline was given to us. But everything else that we had to invent to populate the page to make you believe that that was a newspaper is just when you kind of really get closer to the pages that oh my god this is this is a different world yeah because I remember the design of it as well because when we were obviously in the it was, I suppose the Daily Prophet we really only came with it when we were in the in the burrows and it would be on the table or something like that so you you'd read as you say like you got like the main headline which would sometimes have like a green covering on it because they put the, the moving picture picture on yeah. secondary. But yeah, like how obviously the text went, obviously, as as we know, to read it from left to right, then it would go down to up and then almost like to fill the page up with it. But I remember one article, and I'm sure it was about like the port key was on strike or something like that. It was obviously a play on the tube on the underground strike or something like that. And there was something in the Wizarding World that was going on. Quite often the stories would be topical or, you know, to what was going on yet in either our real worlds or... In, for example, when we did the Daily Prophet and the New York Ghost for the Fantastic Beasts in the 20s, we looked at stories that were relevant for the time, you know, and and then twisted them into our magical, sort of shoehorn them into, yeah. into a magical um, context of politics or or culture or, you know, yeah. sport even. I think There was yeah. sport. No, there was all the, the sections that you would see in the normal newspaper, on a normal, on a muggle newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> you would. <laughs> we love, I know that as, as actors, we absolutely loved it because... It was something to like genuinely get your teeth into when you're when you're sitting there read like but either before you the scene starts or in between setups or whatever. But it was also always great because I know you guys would always put people from the the crew yeah. names in there. But shameless, I my name is everywhere on a daily profit. So and someone said, "Why you put your name everywhere?" And I said, well, "Why not? Why not? <laughs> exactly, wouldn't you?" I am the chief editor of the daily profit, and <laughs> and, and and without even knowing me, like we we started like. As a joke, we we made up a headline about a, a crazy ginger witch that does lots of mischiefs around the world, and that became like a, a thing. No. I think someone even opened a Twitter account for her. But we had to reveal you now the, the 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 real identity of the ginger witch, and it was kind of like a homage to a friend of us that she worked in the, the side the creating team, and Debbie. And uh, and she keeps like she nearly sent me a message like every week. She said the ginger, what the what crazy things the ginger witch is doing this. She was in and out of Azkaban <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> Hello, for the last time this season, it's that bit of the show where we share your messages, questions, and did you knows? It is indeed. And the first question says. Gunten Tag, James and Oliver. I'm Jeanette from Germany and I'm a huge fan. I want to ask you if you like the fashion styles of Fred and George and would you dye your hair again? Um, did they have fashion styles? Well, yeah, in the end they did, didn't they? I mean, those suits in the 6th and 7th and 8th movie were very dapper. Pretty suave, weren't they? They were suave, yeah. So I'll go with that. Um, would I dye my hair again? Probably not, unless it was for a job. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I, I think I'd dye. I probably wouldn't dye bright ginger again. I like the odd highlight in there. Is that to hide natural colours coming through? I think that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> in the coming years, I probably will start to get a few natural, natural tinges coming through. So yeah, maybe a bit of uh, maybe a bit blonde coming in or something like that. Maybe I've done it before and I was quite happy with it. Sun-kissed look, I believe it's called. But uh, actually, right, I'm playing in a golf tournament in a couple of uh, weeks' time at my at my golf club, and they have to you divvy it up. It's called the Quad Nations. So you, it's England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and I've been drafted in to play for Scotland. What? And I said to the, the guys, why Scotland? And they said, well, Hogwarts is in Scotland. You can play for Scotland. I think really Scotland was down on people. But anyway, so I'm playing for Scotland now in there. And I've got a tartan hat with the ginger hair coming out the bottom. So there almost is almost a bit of a, a Weasley-esque look to that. But it's not quite dying your hair, is it? Very good. Our next one is a voice note from Regina. Hello, guys. I hope you're doing very, very well. My name is Regina, I'm from Brazil, and I would like to know, since I'm a very big fan of cartoons, what were your favorite cartoons when you were growing up? Mine were The Care Bears Family, Wildfire, and The Get Along Gang. 
Thank you. Love you guys. Regina, I know that this doesn't help anybody who's listening right now, but your hair looks absolutely incredible in that video. It's all braided into amazing colours. So anyway, uh, going back to the question on favourite cartoons, there was a few, I suppose. I mean, the one that I still watch now very, very happily is The Simpsons. Ren and Stimpy, Doug Funny, um, Rocco's Modern Life. So quite a few Nickelodeon shows really there. But yeah, they were kind of it. And I suppose as well, certainly the last two with Rocco and Ren and Stimpy, that probably explains my very warped sense of humour as well. I would say that I would go, definitely well, growing up, obviously we'll go for all those that Oliver has said. Obviously we were watching TV at the same time. But also go with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Hero Turtles in the UK. Did you know, random fact, they weren't allowed to be called ninjas because that was deemed violent too aggressive um also i would say the ghostbusters yes yes yep gotta go ghostbusters uh hey arnold and i finally i would go for south park i know that's a bit more of an an older version cartoon but simpsons and south park i quote them at least twice a day each but thank you very much for that regina it's lovely to hear from you and yes your hair is wicked Our next message is from Chloe, and Chloe says, Hi James and Oliver, I hope you're both doing well and staying safe. I wanted to know, what's one scene from a movie or TV show that makes you laugh, no matter how many times you watch it? Ah, okay, so there's, I can think of a couple. TV, we're talking, there's an English sitcom called Only Fools and Horses, but there's uh, the one scene, obviously, when Del Boy falls through the bar. That is just comedy genius 101 right there. Um, And another one as well, and it's from The Wedding Singer, when Adam Sandler's character absolutely loses it and he's just singing a song he's made up about an ex-girlfriend and in the and the there's a cutaway and it's John Lovitz and he's and he just says he's losing his mind and I'm making all the benefits and this curtain just shuts very slowly in front of him and it is absolute gold absolutely brilliant very good, very good. Going back to The Simpsons, there are, there are many of those which always make me giggle and laugh. I would say there's, there's a Homer one where he's, I think it's in a Halloween special one, and he says, oh, I've got a spare donut. He opens the box, he, he's got, oh, I've got a spare donut, and he gets it out, and there's a note from Homer, I owe you a new donut, Homer. And he's like, bastard, always one step ahead. Very good, very good. Anyway, anyway, with all this reminiscing, we're going to move on. So this voice note comes from Anna. Hi, Oliver. Hi, James. My name's Anna, and I just wanted to say I've loved this podcast season so much. It's been great. Thank you so much for doing it. I thought a good question for the final episode would be, what has been your favourite part about this, doing this series? And yeah, I hope you're having a great day, great week, and thank you so much for doing this podcast. I've absolutely loved it. Oh, thank you, Anna. That was lovely. Um, do you know what? I've really enjoyed doing this, this, this side of it as well, because obviously inter- interviewing the the guests and chats to their different experiences no matter what that's always been fascinating i've always finished talking to people learning a lot more than i thought i would even if i've read their autobiographies or whatever like that i've still gone away learning even more but doing this this side of it as well for again the audio side the secret club <laughs> like we have this and I've, I've really enjoyed hearing all your did you knows your facts Anna, it's great to hear as well that you're really enjoying it as well and you've really enjoyed the whole series. So I I would say this side of it has been a lot of fun and probably the highlight for me. Yeah, I think the highlight for me, Anna, would be the the interaction with people and just hearing that we've totally, by chance, I suppose, brightened so many people's days and just given people almost a, not a kick at the backside to keep going, but just that comforting side of things as well um, and it's amazing how, as well how can you go from not a kick up the backside to keep going but a comforting <laughs> what do you know what i mean a comforting nudge um just, comforting prod. just to say that you know that like we got some amazing stories through where some people have had something really life-changing happen and yet putting their earphones in and listening to the the podcast or watching it um just totally transported them away from whatever situation they were in at the moment that side of things has been really really nice to hear Anyway, moving on to this week's and the last of the seasons, your Did You Knows, and the first one is a voice note from Sermia. Hi James, hi Oliver. I've got a Did You Know for you today, and it is that. Did you know that studies have shown that babies tend to stare at adults for a long time because they think they're beautiful? 
So if you ever had a kid or a baby stare at you, take it as a sign that they think you're good looking. Impressive, isn't it? Well, I hope you like that and have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah, but what happens when they start crying? Whenever I normally, whenever I normally hold a baby, nine times out of ten, I get the the grumpy look, like the hmm. Probably wondering who are you and why are you trying to get me to play fetch. Maybe. I imagine, but. Speaking of that though, I did have a, I did a, someone sent me a video of them playing fetch with their their daughter the other day, and it definitely works. How old was their daughter? Like Twenty one. No, um, like two. Oh right, okay. But that's good, I suppose. That the next time we uh, we see any children, or especially babies, looking, I'll take that as a very very big compliment. Definitely. The next, did you know, is from the Philippines, from Lorelai. And Lorelai says, Hi James and Oliver, I'm a huge fan of yours. Your podcast makes me smile and I've learned a lot about anxiety through your podcast. Here's my did you know fact. And that is that the Canary Islands are named after dogs, not birds. And although it's off the coast of Northwest Africa, the archipelago is actually part of Spain. In Spanish, the area's name is Isla Canarias, which comes from the Latin phrase Canaria Insula. <laughs> I did not do Spanish or Latin at school. Which which basically translates to Island of Dogs. Producer Alice has been doing a little digging into this and she thinks, I'm going to blame this all on her, she believes that this is because of sea lions or sea dogs as the Romans used to call them. P.S. Hello here in the Philippines is Camusta. I probably butchered four languages then. Yes. I, so I, I'm really sorry if I um, if I offended you if you speak Latin, if you speak Spanish, if you're from the Philippines, if you speak English. Basically, yeah, I apologise. Exactly, exactly. Well, anyway, I'm going to save any embarrassment because I'm just going to introduce the next one, which is a voice note from Mackenzie. James and Oliver Phelps, it's Mackenzie from Maryland, but I'm in Missouri right now for college. And my did you know fact was, did you know that turtles can breathe out of their butts? I thought that was one that you guys would like to hear and know. Um, I love your guys' podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting a smile on all of our faces every day. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Mackenzie. Uh, I hope you're doing well at college there. What a great fact. Yes. In fact, can I just bring this back to the question we had earlier about favourite cartoons? Beavis and Butthead. Because as soon as I hear that fact, all I can think of is... <laughs> Turtles breathing out their butts. Who would have known that? Olaf. Or do you, yeah, well, or do you think one of them pumped once and his mate was saying, what are you doing? So like, oh, I'm just breathing out. Potentially. Mackenzie, that was the last did you know fan interaction of the series. So thank you very much for that. Hang on. Celebratory. Whee! There we go. Anyway, so we asked a couple of weeks ago about these owls that I had in my back garden to deter these naughty pigeons coming in anyway and we've had some amazing names come through and here's one that's come through here it says dear oliver i've come up with a couple of names for your owl which is guarding your garden from pigeons since the owl is constantly vigilant about pigeons around it can be called alistair as alistair moody in harry potter used to say constant vigilance all the time or you could actually call it mad eye hope you like it love the podcast from adripana in india that is a very, uh, that's a strong argument that you can't deny. Good one, really, isn't it? Tatty sends a message and she says, I have a name suggestion, Earl. Earl. Strong name, that. No, no reason given, just Earl. <laughs> Thanks, Tatty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. Tatty, I, quite, I think Earl's going to be the uh, the front runner at the moment. At the, that sounds very good for one of them. Anyway, Sydney drops a message as well saying, I thought a good name for your owl would be Pidgeridgen, Amara or Zeppelin going on a bit of a Potter theme there, Sydney, but all entries are welcome. Anyway, finally, to round off this season, the last hang on, hang messages... Hang on, hang hey, 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 Sorry. You can't leave us on suspense. You have two owls. What are you naming them? Well, Earl. Yep. And... I like Alistair. I think that was some great... Alistair. Great ideas, Alistair and yeah. Earl. I think, okay. Alistair and Earl, it will be. It will be. Earl needs to pull his finger out, though. He fell over last night. Anyway, finally, to round off this season's last listener messages, here's another jingle from Vicky, who sent a brilliant one a few weeks back. Take it away, Vicky. Oliver and James, they have a podcast. 
podcast, yes, called Normal Not Normal, the sequel to Level Trouble, if you like it, call it that, if not, it's quite alright, they feature special guests from Idol's colleagues' mates, along with that it has a couple of rants here and there, some digital's my favourite part, the drum from Japan, they inspire, they make you laugh, they're amazing, they match your heart, so please, like, subscribe, review, but leave your negativity aside, we want it to be a positive space for everyone in these uncertain times yes keep smiling everyone keep being you don't let no other person bring you down because he's the truth someone out there really cares for you vicky thank you so much for sending in another jingle because obviously you did one before what was the get ready for james's did you knows very very impressive but vicky and everybody else who sent a message in today, whether we got to read it out or not, we've seen them all and we really, really thoroughly appreciate all the input what comes in from you guys. But also what's been great, Oliver, is that the people, who are not just humans who have been listening to the podcast either, is it? Re and Alex sent a little message that Homer the dog listens as well. And Homer, uh, we know that you're not feeling very well at the moment. Just know we're sending our love to you. And thank you very much for being part of the normal, not normal family. It really is nice to hear that dogs too enjoy this. So thank you so much. Actually, he liked, did he did Homer like the drum or not? He wasn't too impressed with it, was he? No. Okay, I'll stay quiet with the drum then. So I like Homer. <laughs> <laughs> so now, for the last time this season, back to the show. It wasn't just in the Wizarding World that you guys have designed books. Obviously, more recently, designing, illustrating editions of the Potter books with interactive pullouts and, and letters you can open and stuff like that. But you've also illustrated very classic books like oh, yes. Jungle Book, Wizard of Oz, Pinocchio. I think the, the collection started because of Harry Potter somehow because again when you start working with Harry Potter even with the partners not just the Warner Brothers at least and when you start working with some great licensees like HarperCollins and Noble Collection, Lego, you become it's a huge family and we want to make the fans happy and, uh, and uh, so our first book that we we, we designed for the manga world was the film Wizardry with HarperCollins. And from that, the relationship with HarperCollins has been incredible. And they invite us to create a series of uh, illustrated, uh, re-illustrated like classics, like Peter Pan and Jungle Book. And that's how it started in 2016. So we are now on book number eight with the coming Wizard. Out, yeah, yeah. They, mm-hmm. we have one book coming out this year uh, in September that is The Wizard of Oz. And uh, and we're already working for a new one for next year. So yeah, it, 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 yeah. and again, it's it's like it's like Harry Potter. You, you are you are all you go back to these amazing worlds and and try to 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 give a new life. Yeah, yeah. I was just say, would you say that your style has changed over time, and like the techniques or anything like that, in, especially in going to reimagining these these classic stories? Like, does your childhood memory of reading the books or anything like that, does that seep into any design elements to it as well? I guess at the core of our studio style is a kind of, for want of a better word, vintage kind of uh, period styles that inform how we, or, or, or they, it draws us to our, our attention, um, which is why it was so great working yeah. on the Fantastic Beast films. But of course, when you're designing props, you're all the time trying not to be us as designers and I know it's interesting because people say oh I can see your style but you're trying not to have a style because you might need to be um, the Weasley twins or you might need to be Snape's handwriting or you might need to be Umbridge and or 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 Russian constructivist propaganda piece you know so it's you you might be lots of different styles that um, that so you're almost sort of so objective in rather than um, putting your signature style. So actually designing the books was, uh, and and our sort of range of prints as well has been, a, was a real like, it was almost like a breath of fresh air that after having always worked for someone else's, uh, for all these other characters that were demanding our, our attention to then kind of go, well, what would we do actually, Mira and Eduardo as a studio? And that's when we founded the studio in 2010. Yeah. Um, in order to do that, to just have some work that, 
wasn't necessarily film. And so, and we were rather <laughs> smugly thought, well, we know how to do books because we've done all those books yeah. for films. But of course, when you do a book for a film, you might make four copies of The Beetle the Bard. And you can be very indulgent. <laughs> you can spend quite a lot of money making everything look amazing. And, and you don't yeah. need to have a logic to the yeah. book. We talked about logic before, but it, like it, it, you know, it, you can just repeat the pages and stuff. So suddenly we were, that we realized there was a little bit of a science to creating a book, but we, it's not so complicated that we couldn't do take it on. And now we've suddenly found ourselves with, yes, this kind of battery of, of, of loads of books and, and I think what, came uh, kind of full circle with Harry Potter. Could, so bringing on to that then, could you tell us about the house of Nina Lima? We're very, very happy in our house, aren't we? We're yes. actually talking to you from the top floor. Of, we've finally got our own office, which is very grown up after all this time. Um, we had this dream. I think sometimes, you know, when you sort of dream and you talk about something enough, it kind of just comes together. And that sounds a bit hippie, but it's actually seemed we, we used to joke about having a studio when we were at, at Leavesden doing yeah. the Harry Potter films. And then we we did find a studio um, 10 years usually, ago. Usually what happens now, you finish a film and you have to find a new film. So when Harry Potter, the last Harry Potter was happening, me and Mira, we like, and what's going to happen now? We we can't just separate and 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 go and do different films. So we, from that day, we kind of we needed to be together forever, basically. Just fairly quickly, we found ourselves with a little tiny studio up the road in in Fitzrovia, and then we found ourselves with a house of Mina Lima, which was really a building that could kind of um, be home to this collection of work, both the Harry Potter work and everything we'd done since we left. Yeah. And we wanted it to feel like a home. And that's why, very much why it was called House of Mina Lima, because it was a sort of mixing, obviously, a brand with um, the idea of you've come home, some nostalgia, which we learnt is what makes people tick with the Harry Potter stories, the films, the books, everything is that they kind of feel like they've come home when they yeah. share those experiences. So now we've got the House of Mina Lima gallery and shop on the ground floor and basement and above that is our studio and we like to feel that all the creativity is contained in this one building and it's sort of dynamic so um we can after we finish this call we can just pop down and, and meet people in, the, in yeah. the shop and it if they come back from this pandemic <laughs> and the, and the yeah. great thing also that we are spreading as well house of mina lima we have one in... i was going to ask yeah i was going to say because you're not just now you can almost say the house of mina lima london and new york and, and osaka <laughs> Uh, and Osaka. Yeah. No, we again. We used to dream. No, we like. Uh, oh, would it be cool to have a bag with House of Mina Lima? Do you know when they have like London, Paris, Amsterdam, yeah, yeah. Berlin? So we are we are getting there. So typically, they... we were thinking about the graphic crop of Before. this business rather than actually the ramifications of of opening it around the world. <laughs> I've, I've visited you guys in your London, your London towers, shall I say, and it really is. Fun. I'm not just saying it to you guys; it's definitely a must if you're visiting London. It is a not just for a Harry Potter fan, but an artistic fan as well, and uh, someone who just appreciates great work, Thank you. like great, like you say, the the attention to detail. Because I think I came with my pal who's never seen a Potter film. <laughs> what? Um, what? But yeah. But he was he was just blown away by the amount of detail, and I was. It's one thing to say to someone, like when we're filming, the de the details which you may miss the first time round were fantastic. But when you actually come and see it, like face to face, it really does stand out even more. Now, what was happen uh, great that was happening uh, uh, previously on the old shop and now here as well is is loads of young people that is their first experience going to a gallery to going to see art and to going and to fall in love with graphics so this is happening every day and it's something that is really really special for me and we, we we get very emotional when we go downstairs and sometimes and we see kids even drawing uh with no with a notebook and drawing the the, the things that they are seeing in the gallery it, it, it's amazing what would 10 year old eduardo and 10 year old mira what would they think of your lives your jobs everything going on right now when i was 10 years old, instead of being playing football with my brother outside, I was inside drawing, creating worlds, pretending that I have a shop. And I had like little receipts, I had little bags, I had little packaging. And and my brother used to get really annoyed with me because he wanted, of course, me outside playing football. And no, sorry, I'm, I'm here creating, writing, drawing. And, uh, and Mira said, oh my God, I was doing the same. So we were already kind of 
plotting <laughs> graphic props without we know each other. So I think our, my, my 10 year old would be like, oh my God, you are doing exactly what yeah. I was. So well done, mate. Yeah. You, are, you, <laughs> you yeah. followed through your dream and you are doing exactly what we were think, uh, dreaming at when we were 10 years yeah. old. It's an un unconventional path, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't have imagined it being any other, you know, and certainly as a convention was not part of the plan. Yes. So, yeah. But it is funny how things also change as well, because I, I knew from when I was, I don't know, five, six, six years old, I knew that I was going to live abroad, that unfortunately Brazil was not going to be my, my thing, because I was always fascinated about filmmaking, and I thought that I was going to be uh, the new Steven Spielberg. And <laughs> because, I, of course, I loved E.T., I, I love all those kind of things at that time. And uh, and I said, I want to be a film director, but it was when I find out more about all the things that you can do in film, in, in, you know, in the film. And uh, and graphics was something that I was always very interested in because I was already doing the graphic props. So to have that combination, working films with graphics is is, is a jackpot for me, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know we've mentioned the word quite a lot today, uh, but what does normal mean to you? Well, it's funny when you invited us to 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 do this podcast and, and with the title, um, I realized that the word normal sort of had slightly negative connotations in our in our yeah. kind of psyche. And I was like, why is that? Cause it's not fair, really, that it. And so I, I looked up the Oxford Dictionary definition of normal. just out of curiosity. <laughs> And I think it says something like it has the word conform and standard okay. oh, right. and expected and all those words that actually it they are things that we don't that we don't kind of relate to and have never been part of our lexicon if you like yeah. as as a as a team because everything we the reason we're here today is because of the our, our sort of union a creative union and i think from the outset and harry potter of course gave us that opportunity to do that but from the outset creatively we've always sort of wanted to just slightly push the boundary yeah. of what was expected. And so that seems to be everything we do. We're certainly the decisions that we make are never like, well, that's in fashion at the moment, or, you know, that's a style that we should pursue. And and it turns out that it's okay to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it, it takes a while to, to realize that, but everything we've done as a studio has, has been because of, we love doing it. And I do think that that's at the center of um, of our normal. Yeah, going a little bit more uh, in a different route, like our, uh, being being gay, like I remember very, very well when I was maybe 12 or 13, reading again in a dictionary what homosexual was and and basically said it's not a normal thing and uh, and is like a mental disease and whatever. That, that was in, oh, in, gosh, in any yeah. dictionary until 1995, I think, when they changed the definition and, and yeah. said it was not a disease anymore. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a really nice thing to to read when you are 13 and said that you are not normal, that there's something wrong with you. And I remember was only when I moved to London in 1997, I stayed here for a couple of years and went back and after, went back again, I that I realized that that was absolutely normal to be whatever you wanted to be because it's, it's, it's you, you don't need to worry about anything else, it's, it's whatever is you makes you happy is how so I when I arrive here and of course walking in Soho like oh my god it's it's, it's normal <laughs> you're oh, gonna choose somewhere to walk yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so what would be the most normal thing about you yeah the normal for me is always have a good humor and we always laugh it's not normal for us to not be happy with each other and if we have a day that we are a little bit weird with is is that is that is horrible and we want to get this out of the way straight away. It, it, it's like 20 years I have been working together and there is not one single day that we haven't spoken to each other. So, so no, I'll start crying. You know, so, so that's that is the normal. normal. That's so that's normal. the normal thing. Uh, that's the normal, fantastic. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, what's the, and the follow-up to that would be, what is the least normal thing? But I think you just answered it then. Yes. I, I think, I mean, I, I think the older you get as well, you sort of think, you know, why not just try and smile or laugh at least once a day? Even, you know, sometimes when I go to sleep, actually, the last thing I try and do is smile as I'm going to sleep, <laughs> which is really weird. But that's kind of like, <laughs> I, I, I just decided that's probably a good thing. I don't know whether it's a science yet, but I'll let you know. 
It must help. If I could just finish with something that we call the 3 a.m. questions. Basically, the, the right answer comes at 3 a.m. when you can't sleep. Um, but so, so it's quick fire. Um, what is your favorite food? Japanese. Any sweet cakes. Love cakes. And of course, uh, Brazilian like food. I'm sorry. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite book? I love Call Me By Your Name. Uh, yeah. Cloud Atlas. David Mitchell. Very good. Your favorite film? Uh, oh, there's hundreds, but I think I remember one film that really, really changed my life was Cinema Paradiso, the Italian film oh. that is all about filmmaking and this boy that is in love with film being projected. And of course, E.T. as well was a very important film in my life at the beginning because I was 100% sure I was going to be the next Steven Spielberg. Or you like, thought you were going to be an alien. Or an alien, yeah. Mm. No, I am yeah. an alien. <laughs> the next E.T. <laughs> I, I want to be like Steven Spielberg, but, but like every single boy at that time as well, they all want to be Steven Spielberg. No? So. Does Mad Men count? <laughs> I'll, I'll let, yeah, I'll let that. If you watch it I all mean, in one go. TV and cinema seems to be kind of... <laughs> merging right now so i'm i'm sorry but i yeah I <laughs> yeah that's fine uh your favorite songs i i'm still trapped in the past a bit uh, i love uh I, again me being gay and 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 i remember the the first artist that i fall in love completely was madonna in 1985 i was 11 years old and said what is this <laughs> and uh, i absolutely adore her and so any madonna song for me is makes me happy and i love it <laughs> I'm also a bit old fashioned, but in a different way. Uh, so I think it's going to be Space Oddity Bowie. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm definitely one of those people where someone says, oh, this is such such an artist on the radio. I'm like, I have no idea who. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Don't ask me anything about the new music that's happening now. I'm still very <laughs> trapped in the 80s and the 90s. But lots of storytelling as well in those songs. So yes. That's, that's probably why. Yeah. Mm. And finally, what is your favorite quotes? Everything you can imagine is real. And also another one that I love, it takes a long time to become young. I think they'll like that one. <laughs> That's good. Both, I like that one. And they're like both from Picasso. Uh, and and, and uh, yeah, it's amazing. A oh. um, bit of a sort of uh, relating to everything that we've said today is sort of choose, I don't know how exactly how it goes, choose a job that you love and you'll never do a day's work in your life hmm. well you guys definitely like you you definitely live by your quotes that's for sure <laughs> and it and it proves that it works as well yeah so maybe we can make it a science you know yeah. exactly <laughs> I think it's exactly that. But guys, thank you so much for telling us so many amazing stories and insights into your world. And I think just just proving now this is obviously this is our last show of this season. And I think you guys have kind of summed it all up that like normality is what you perceive it to be yourself. Thank you so much for just topping off this season with in the best, best possible way. Oh, thank Fantastic. you so much for inviting us. It's it's always a joy. And come and see us soon at, um, at the house. And what a, an honour to close the, the season. So yes, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much again. I think I'm going to be trying that a lot more often now when I go to bed. Just smiling. Probably if you're sharing, I was going to say, if you're sharing your room with somebody, maybe tell them you're going to do that beforehand in case like the moonlight shines through and you're just there smiling. Yeah. That could be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Look over, oh dear. As I say, the team, uh, the guys there from Mina Lima, just absolutely amazing chats to them both. And I think the one, the, the one thing that just comes across is just their passion, their gift, their talent with so many people. And I think that's just so admirable. I thoroughly recommend it. If you're ever in Osaka, New York, London, go to the house of Mina Lima and just see their amazing work. Mm -hmm. And especially if they're there. So you'll probably more than likely see them in the London store. But definitely go because they've always got time to speak to anybody. And I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. A great way, I think, the, the best way to describe Annex and just show how much detail they put in to any kind of graphic design that they put into film or anything like that. Anyone that owns a Marauder's map, which is... Huge. Like it's quite a cool, it's quite a, a big thing, and it is huge when you bring it out completely. The detail in that does not end. It may be at the very in the very middle or on the front, but that is that detail is continuation throughout, and that just shows how much detail goes into it. Even though it's probably never going to be on camera, mm. but it's there. Yeah, and so that's just a shining example of how much work they put in. Yeah, I mean, I, I always remember when we were doing the Quidditch World Cup scenes and having the Quidditch World Cup programs. 
And that was exactly like, like it. They had inside of the Quidditch World Cup programme. Now, you would never see this while filming or, you know, from the uh, from the viewer's point of view. But you opened up the programme and inside they had, obviously, the World Cup standings, who was going, like, like the route to the final, as it were, how the Bulgarians were playing, who the best player in the Irish team was playing and stuff like that. I actually learned probably a lot more about the whole Quidditch side of things from just their input than many... You know, than than a lot of uh, a lot of other ways around doing it. Obviously, at the time there was only so much information available through the books, but to be able to to see that insight was just so so special. It sure was. So thank you very much to Mira and Eduardo for joining us today on this, the final episode of the season of Normal Not Normal. It is, it is. And also as well, while we're saying thank you to uh, obviously the guys there for joining us, I can also say a big thank you to everyone who's come on the show uh, to help us out. So thank you so much for making this season so much fun and just being able to learn what your normal is as well. Because I think we've all learned a lot on this journey of what normal means. And to summarise... James, no, we have. Hang on. I have. No, we haven't. I have. We haven't learned anything. What normal means. We have. I've all I've decided is that normal is everyone's own interpretation exactly. of it. But all the guests that we've, but all the guests that we've had on, their normal is they've always kept going, even when things have got a bit challenging. They've kept going and gone on to do amazing things. So I can I say that the best normal to have is keep going. That's what I say from everything else, like just thinking of what so many of the guys have told us throughout the whole show, like setbacks, what they've come through and stuff like that. Yet they've been able to just either use that as fuel or ride it until it gets to a better situation in their lives as well and just keep going with it and just keep adapting. Like I remember when we were chatting with Alfie, how he just casually dropped in. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was on a pilot and then didn't get picked up for the main season. But Alfie being Alfie, just like, yeah, you know, it's all right. And that, but again, like you, some people could take that negative as such a massive personal thing. But yeah, it was just, okay, I'm just going to keep going. And then next thing you know, he's starring in a major TV <laughs> TV series at the, at the end of it. And it's just having that drive to keep going. And I think the good thing that I've really, really enjoyed as well from all the people we've been able to speak to on the show, including uh, the listener participation stuff as well that we've been doing, is just the complete diversity in people who we've been able to speak to, because that just shows that although people have got so many different things going on and so many different interests, that at the end of the day, we're all still we're all still people, aren't we? And we also have that that emotion to be ourselves. When we spoke to Seven, uh, Seven Color Suzuki, I know you and I have both changed the way that we've done certain things and we've made sure that we do more recycling and you even changed to an electric bought, car yeah. and all this kind I of bought, stuff so it's an electric car on the back of it yeah so it's literally changed that and um seeing the impact that it's it's made on our lives in for the better i think's been great nadia hussein who's possibly added an extra couple of kilos to my waistline because her food is that good paul dupree pesman we knew that she, the episode with Paula would go down well, and I'm so glad that it did because she's such an amazing person. And if you haven't heard that episode already, I thoroughly recommend to go back and listen to it because her journey of, of getting into productions and then basically leaving to go on to do something even cooler and even better, which is, again, just mind-blowing. And there are so many, so many stories from everybody that we spoke to, and I'm so grateful for them to coming on and giving them giving us their time to tell, answer our silly questions, tell us their stories, and hopefully inspire some guys that have been listening to. I suppose just something was come out of nowhere. Well, we didn't certainly see this happening. Uh, was just the community were built up around the whole normal, not normal listenership. Like we see the, like James and I see the, the responses and the interactions that you guys have with each other in terms of the supportiveness for each other. Like, and I think one of the really sweet and uplifting things for me, what I see, is how there's some people who'd be listening to it and saying, oh, you know, I'm just taking a break from my finals, but listening to this is my nice escape from it. And just seeing one person reply to that person saying, good luck on your final, is absolutely amazing. And that is the thing that we, I think, of, of everything that we've done on this season, that is some of the best feedback I think that you can have is that where well, it's not necessarily directed at us but it's just showing that other people are supporting each other that is that is really special guys so I'm so glad to think we've been able to be part of that and just be on that journey with you 
and all the other stuff that's come on the back of it, be it the odd rant. I know that there's some people who no doubt if they ever see me in a shopping in a shopping uh, in a mall or anything like that, if they're in front of me at the till, will probably want to go behind me in case they're at the self-checkout. Or... Oh, it happened the other day, right? Okay. It happened the other day. I get to the till, right? Why do people get to a till and then say they've unloaded all their shopping? Oh, hang on, let me just go. I forgot something. Let me just go off and then go, right? Then go right back to the end of the line. The lady has already finished scanning all the rest of the food through and she comes back with a toothbrush, a single disposable toothbrush. And I'm thinking, you ah, didn't, you didn't think of that no. the time? If you need a toothbrush, there you go. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So it's all right for me to 15 minutes then, twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? So I'd like to go on to the final did you knows of the season. Ooh. So I thought a couple of art-based ones would be great. So, going with Eduardo, who's from Brazil, many of the numerous rock shelters in the Sierra de Capavera National Park, I hope I pronounced that correctly, are decorated with cave paintings. And some of these cave paintings are over 25,000 years old, proving that they are one of the oldest communities in South America with there in Brazil. So if you're in Brazil, I ever get the chance to visit there, go check it out. Going back to... So I'm going to combine last week's episode and this week's episode. So... Holly, who is in the Paralympics, obviously we learned that Paralympics runs in on, alongside the Olympics. And today we had great artist, Mina Lima. So did you know, between 1912 and 1948, art competitions used to be part of the Olympics? Where there were medals awarded, yep, where there are medals awarded for best painting, best sculpture, architecture, music and literature. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So you could get an Olympic medal for that, yet they've never had darts in the Olympics. There you go. I think that just shows everything wrong with sport. Well, it's, no, it's not anymore, level. is it? I'm saying it was. We're talking no, no, about it, it was the last one. To be one. fair, actually, didn't they used to have a three-legged race in the Olympics? Probably. Very good there. Very good there. So, guys, anyway, we want to say a big, once again, a massive, massive thank you. And I thought I'd, I'd say bye, James. You know, as we normally say in different languages. I thought I'd say bye in a couple of languages now, so... Adios, aloha, ciao, sayonara, au revoir, cheerio, or as we say where we come from, tararabit. I just want to say au revoir. I like that one. And also before we go as well, I'd just like to say a huge thank you to David and Alice. Alice has been the behind the scenes working very hard during this whole season to make sure this all sounds correct and cutting out all our, our mistakes. So thank you very much for putting up with all our rambling and everything else, Alice. It's thoroughly appreciated. But guys, for the final time this season, I'm James Phelps. And I'm Oliver Phelps. Guys, stay safe, and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Normal Not Normal is a stable production.